number three on this Friday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. We are so glad to have you on board today. As always, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. BurnPitBBQ.com. Veteran-owned right here in our own backyard. Go to BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. Joining us now over on the hotline, our buddy Rob Reichel is here. And Rob... Man, I I did not realize, I read your piece, I did not realize that Aaron Jones is on a trajectory that could uh, net him a gold jacket if all holds true. Man, good stuff. Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad someone's reading, Billy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, someone had shot me an email about a week ago comparing Jones to Gale Sayers, and I I started investigating just, you know, obviously Sayers, the the, the great Chicago uh, running back in in, in the 70s, and you know, Sayers had his career cut short and, you know, only played seven years in the league. And and so I compared Jones, where, you know, and, and, and Sayers is in the Hall of Fame. So I compared Jones to another running back then, to Terrell Davis, who everybody remembers well around these parts, who killed Green Bay in, in Super Bowl 32 and was Denver's best player when they won back-to-back Super Bowls in 97 and 98. Um because Davis had his career cut short too with knee injuries by after seven years. So, you know, Aaron Jones is approaching a stage in his career where two guys, you know, Sayers and Davis played seven years and still wound up in the hall of fame. And and it is miraculous, Billy. And I won't bore all the listeners with, with all the, the stats and the details, but, but Aaron Jones is very comparable to those hall of fame running backs in several categories. He dwarfs them in some others. He's very comparable to Jim Brown the all-time, you know, what, what, what's arguably who's arguably the greatest running back in the history of this league. Aaron Jones is comparable to him in some stats. I mean, Aaron Jones' numbers are, are lining up right now. Like, if he can do this for 10 years, and he's obviously in year six right now, if he can keep this going for another four or five years, he's going to wind up in the, in, in the Hall of Fame. And, and the premise and the point of my story was just, you know, not only is, is Jones heading in that direction and not a lot of people – know it or talk about it or discuss Aaron Jones among the the Saquon Barkley's and the Dalvin Cooks and the Christian McCaffrey's of the NFL, you know, the elite running backs. Um, you know, but but Aaron Jones is just underutilized in Green Bay. He's at 12 carries right now uh, per, per game this season. He averaged 10 carries a game last season. Um, I get it. There's a fine line because he's a little guy. He's about 5'10", 210. So you, you, you've, you've got to play, you know, you've got to be careful with him and monitor and limit his touches at some point in time to make sure he's around for January football. But, but where I, where I went in that story, Billy is, you know, if green Bay doesn't rely more heavily over the next two months on, on Aaron Jones, you know, getting to meaningful football in, in the playoffs in January to have a home game or two at Lambeau field, it just might not happen in 2022. After the quarterback, Aaron Jones is by far their most dynamic player on offense their best player on offense he's one of the five best players on that football team and 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 he's his numbers are are historically great and the green bay packers just need to lean on him a a lot uh a little more uh than they have so far and certainly a lot more once we get to november and december if they want january football to be meaningful billy i uh i was starting to go through some of those numbers and i was like wow when you start to get into the comparisons uh, the question then becomes, why do they tend to forget about him and his dynamic capability? I mean, he looks, don't get me wrong, I still like A.J. Dillon as the, the two and the one-two punch, but it seems like there is so much dynamicness and big pro, big play capability in Aaron Jones. Why do you think they just forget about him? 
It's a great question that nobody has answered in the six years that, that Aaron Jones has been in Green Bay, Bill. I'm, you know, you, you think back to week one, he had five carries in the loss to Minnesota. You know, last week in the in that loss to the Giants, when when they had the lead and they should have been running the ball and hammering things away with with Jones and Dylan. You know, Jones only got 13 carries, Dylan got six. They threw the ball in that game 39 times. They ran it just 20, so about a two to one pass to run ratio. Um, you know, I, I get it at times in the last four or five years when when there was were far more gifted wide receivers in town. That, that it made sense for Aaron Rodgers to want to throw the ball 60-plus percent of the time. When he, when he had a five-time pro bowler like DeMonte Adams to lean on, when he, when he had a Jordy Nelson, when he had a younger Randall Cobb than, than he does right now. But, but that's not how these 22, 2022 Packers are kind of configured, Bill. They're, they're a team that should be a 50-50 split. They're, their best two offensive players after the quarterback are 33 and 28. And they should be leaning on these two guys heavily. And and when Matt Lafleur gets to a podium on a Monday and 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 says it, it was inexcusable or it was my mistake that we forgot about the running back, that that that's just not good enough. I mean, Matt Lafleur is an incredibly smart guy. And now now whether that's Matt Lafleur or whether that's Aaron Rodgers changing plays, we're we're never going to fully know. I guess in, until Matt writes a book at some point in time, Bill. But, um, you know, whatever it is, they, they've got to get everybody on board over there kind of with the same game plan, that the way the Packers are going to win in 2022 is not throwing the ball two-thirds of the time to Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and, and, and Robert Tunyon and Romeo Dubs and people like that. They're, they're, their way to win is to bang away with these two stud running backs they have, uh, the remarkably explosive Jones, the Hammer and Dylan, uh, a really good offensive line to, to clear the way, and and then you know try to keep their defense uh, you know on the sideline I guess as much as possible with that strategy, and then hope the defense plays better than it has uh, you know the last couple of weeks. And and if they can do that, Bill, I you know I still think they're a they're a 12 win football team that can win the NFC North. But but if they can't get that element figured out, especially on the offensive side of the football. You know, now you're starting to probably talk about a 10-win team that's fighting to win the division and, and could end up a wild-card team if they can't get those problems solved. Tell with Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media as well, at Rob Reichel over on Twitter. Um, so let's look at this defense. Joe Barry yesterday talks about aggressiveness. Uh, I thought Spoon did a great job of asking the question, why has he played 50 snaps so far this season off receivers back in zone when really he's much better at press man so the the question is do you think things get more aggressive beginning this weekend now that they've had a chance to take a look at this and really kind of be highly criticized for playing so soft i think joe barry was called to the principal's office this week bill and and matt and, and matt lafleur told him like it or not he's playing more aggressive i mean the real question becomes how how are they almost a third of the way into the season and and, and this is the the type of defense that Joe Barry has trotted out there, uh, you know, time and time again. There, there, there were a lot of red flags when Joe Barry came to town, and and I'll be honest, I I thought Mike Pettin got somewhat of a bad rap. He he took mediocre talent in in you know two years ago, and he got him into the top ten in the league in defense. And and Joe Barry, we know his his track record and his and his history, and you know both Washington and Detroit were were not impressive. Um, and, and what he's done with this group, because, I mean, let, let's be honest, Green Bay has top five level talent on the defensive side of the ball, maybe even better than that um, right now, and uh, you know, on that roster. And, and the numbers aren't atrocious, you know, Bill, by, by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, it, it, at the same point in time, it, it hasn't been good enough. And it, and it was really 
really unacceptable, you know, in terms of the aggressive level and, and how they play top to bottom in, in that Giants game last week. So, no, to, an, to, to answer your initial question, I, I have no doubt about it. They'll be far more aggressive come Sunday against against that group uh, that, that the Jets are going to trot out there. Um, they absolutely have to be. They, You know, I don't, I don't know if you heard Matt LaFleur just now finished up about 45 minutes ago. Rashawn Gary, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's not trending in a great direction there. That could be a blow to the defense. But certainly in the secondary, those guys have to get up there. They have to challenge far more. Um, it's how Alexander plays best. It's how Stokes plays best. It's, it's how Rasul plays best. And, and again, the fact you and I are having this discussion on, August, on October 14th that, uh, you know, this, this is what Joe Barry has shown the world through for, through the first five games is, uh, again, it, 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 it's not good for – it's not a good look for Joe Barry. Uh, talking with Rob Reichel, uh, Forbes.com and Kylie Media. So I, I want to go back to what you talked about uh, regarding the, the Matt LaFleur and the offensive play calling. The, the I, I was asked earlier this week, is this fixable? And I said, I don't think it's fixable, but it can get better. Because you don't have Devontae walking through that door. There's nobody of that ilk that's going to come through there. You're going to get Sammy Watkins back, you would assume, at some point. But I don't think it's fixable. But I think that there's more dynamicness to this offense than they're allowing us to see at this point. Would you agree? I, I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, I'm really not. And, I, I, again, where, where do you get the big plays? Where do you get these chunk plays? You, you, mm-hmm. You've seen them try to open up the passing attack and go downfield and, and have almost no success with that, you know, wh- whatsoever. Christian Watson's the guy who could could obviously do that. But now, you know, with him being dinged up again, it's going to be another setback. You don't know when you're going to get him back. You know, how much can you really count on him in, in 22? The answer may be almost, almost, you know, nothing at all. Um, again, Bill, I, 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 I don't know if it's 100% fi- fixable. I think it can be adjusted. The key to all of this is to get the quarterback to buy in that, you know, they're not going to win football games the way they did in 2011, the way they did in 2014 when when Aaron Rodgers looked around and, and, and he saw Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and, and Randall Cobb and Donald Driver and Jermichael Finley. It, that, that, that's not going to happen. This, this group is not, is not gifted enough to do that. But, you know, you, you take a week like last week, they land in London, and Aaron Rodgers tells the, the media in London, get ready for an aerial show. Well, th- th- this isn't a football team that should be, you know, focused on aerial shows. They're, they're, again, their best players come on the offensive line and in, in that running back room, and, and, and that's the way they need to win football games. So none of us are ever going to know again how many plays Rodgers is changing at the line of scrimmage. He's obviously given the canned plays, and, 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 as, your, as your listeners well know, which gives him, you know, he can then – change the play at the line of scrimmage he, he's given that ability and that and that option and Matt LaFleur is never going to criticize him you know even when he changes things and and they go go awry but um you know Aaron Rodgers also is, is not an offensive coordinator he's not a head coach I'm, and I'm sure there's a big part of Matt LaFleur deep down as much as he loves having a four-time MVP quarterback under center as much as that you know makes his life easier at various times there's got to be a big part of Matt LaFleur also that says I look forward to the day, we, you know, two years down the road, three, five, one, whatever it is, when I have somebody else under center and I send in the play and he runs the darn play, right? I mean, that's, the, you know, when, you, when you're a head coach and you believe heavily in yourself and you trust your offense, that is what you want to see your soldiers out on the field doing. And, and Rodgers deviates from that 
Um, again, what percentage we'll never know, but he does it a great deal every single football game. And, and, uh, and he would have to assume the typical change is, is run to pass and, and green Bay needs to get to an identity almost like that 2003 team bill that Brett Favre kind of bought in on and, and, and they ran the ball like crazy that year with Amon green and green ran for almost 1900 yards that season. And, and they ran the ball that year, actually more than they threw it. Green Bay's offense needs to, to, to start trending in, in that direction. You know, Favre bought in on that 20 years ago. Rodgers needs to do the same thing now uh, because, again, I, I do think they can be a highly successful offense if that happens. I don't think they can keep winning when, when Rodgers wants to throw the ball two-thirds of the time. Before I let you go, uh, the first 20, 25 plays, things seem to be really smooth. What do you think has happened in the ability to adjust? The second, I mean, when you score 65 points in the first half and only 27 in the second half, and two of those points are given to you on a safety, what has happened in the second half of football for the Green Bay Packers? Great question. Absolutely great question. And and you look at it, right? They're blanked last week against the Giants. They're blanked two weeks earlier against Tampa Bay. They, they, they only put up a field goal in the second half against the Bears. They only put up a touchdown. Uh, in the second half against uh, Minnesota in week one. The only decent second half of football they've played was in week four, which which would probably be the last week you'd pick when Matt LaFleur and, and Aaron Rodgers probably got the better of Bill Belichick after halftime. It, 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 I, I don't know that answer right now, Bill, other than you know teams are taking away what Green Bay is relying on early in the football games. And a lot of that has been short and intermediate stuff. And then, you know, you take the Tampa Bay game, for example, or you take the Giants game, you know, these corners are creeping up on, on Green Bay's wide receivers and taking away a lot of the short and underneath stuff. And, and they're forcing Rodgers to go and, and, and take more deep shots in the second half. And, and the success level that Green Bay has had there has been incredibly minuscule. So, um, you know, a, a, a lot of what the Packers have – you know, succeeded with early the, 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 the halftime adjustment by the opponent's defensive staff. They're saying, well, let's take this away and make them go to option three or option four or option five. And Green Bay just hasn't had that card in the deck that they can lay and play and, and, and come back and, and get something positive to happen on offense. So, so Matt LaFleur has got to be better clearly this week. Aaron Rodgers has to be better when it comes to these second-half adjustments. Um, or, or you're going to see this, this trend undoubtedly continue, Bill. They, they've got to find some answers. You know, when, when the opponent says, all right, fine, we're going to take away Aaron Jones, or fine, we're going to take away Alan Lazard or Robio Dubs, they, they, they have to have some success going to that next guy, uh, you know, kind of down the, you know, d- down the, down the ladder there. And if, if, if they can do that, things should, should roll. Um, this hasn't been a big problem with LaFleur early in his career. It is, it is right now. And, and it is a kind of a critical point for him because he has to get it fixed. Great stuff, Rob. As always, buddy, I appreciate your time, and we'll talk soon, okay? All right. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Bill. There you go. That's Rob Reichel. Good stuff. Uh, I'll repost that article that he wrote uh, over about Aaron Jones. I think it's a pretty solid one. The numbers and the comparison and such, I'll put it over there on Twitter, and I'll drop it over on Facebook as well on the Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. Find it over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. He alluded to the fact that Matt LaFleur had some things to talk about, uh, specifically defensively related today during his presser. Uh, we are going to give you that presser coming up next. Stay tuned. More of The Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
hanging in there with us. We appreciate it. want to remind you, our friends at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And don't forget to give them a call. One phone number, whether it's ED, low T, if you're looking for the all-in-one weight loss program, just feeling better, looking better, 414-455-4451. That is 414-455-4451. Matt LaFleur at the podium just a little while ago. Why don't you take a listen to this? Take a listen. So how's Aaron Rodgers? Throwing the ball? Is he confident about his grip the last couple of days? Yeah, he threw, he threw the ball really well yesterday, so, um, you know, he's confident. He threw it well enough for you to be confident that he, he won't be limited in your passing game anymore. I don't believe so. He will. you think he'll wear that tape on Sunday? No idea. Did anything happen to Rashawn in practice that he popped on the injury report? Uh, yeah, obviously. Um, I, I don't know to the extent of it. We'll see if he can go practice today, but, uh, you know, definitely a little concerned about that. Has there been any thought to shutting Christian down for an extended period of time? My hamstring seems to be popping up on him. Yeah, I think that's that's certainly on the table. We'll see kind of like where he's at. Um, I know they're still doing some testing and whatnot with him. What is your confidence level in those guys behind Rashawn and Preston, if case, just in case Rashawn is limited to some, some extent? Well, it's, hey, it's the next man up, and the standard doesn't change, but let's face it, the guy is he is uh, pretty impactful, I'd say, when he's out on the grass. So certainly he's a guy that we definitely want in there, and uh, when he's not in there, I think you can feel the effects of that. JJ got some snaps in the Giants game too. Have you seen progress in that rookie? Yeah, I think I think he's made progress, but again, he's a he's a young player, and it's not like RG came on overnight either. You know, so it takes time for these guys. Um, I think if you compare RG to his rookie year, it's night and day. So these guys have to develop, and for a lot of them, especially in that position in particular, like. The interior D-line, the outside backers, those rushers, usually takes a minute. So how's the week gone? Obviously, it's, you know, the coming out there and back from London. You guys, you feel pretty good about where you guys are at physically? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think we feel any effects from that. So we'll be ready to go. And certainly it, it is a little bit different in terms of this will be our earliest kick. So our guys are going to have to be ready to go from the moment they wake up. They talked all week kind of about lightning back schedule with the new games. Is that beneficial to reset your schedule or on a week like this is it kind of washed with just kind of a not normal week? No idea. I just it is what it is. It's the circumstances that you're dealt and that's every week in this league. So um, you know, you gotta you gotta adjust. Matt, I'm curious from an offensive philosophy standpoint, when you've taken deep shots, what, what target would you like to hit to say that this is successful? Like, is there, is there a goal that you're, you're trying to for, for fit to the Yeah, every one. But in a rea- at reality, I mean... Every one. I mean, we're not just calling it to just throw the ball away. Uh, when we take them, we expect to hit them. And if you don't, then, yeah, I think there are some benefits of just throwing it down the field in terms of showing that hey we're willing to do this but I mean the goal on every play is to have a positive play and if you don't um, 
I just don't know how to think of it any other way. I know that's unrealistic. I, I realize that it's unrealistic to you're going to go out and complete 100% of your passes, but um, anytime you don't, you're always coaching up the reason as to why. You know, maybe it, whatever it is, and uh, you know, maybe the quarterback has pressure in his face, or he just misses a throw, or the receiver stumbles, whatever it may be. But you're always trying to find the reasons as to why something's not successful. Uh, other than the possible RPO aspect, what are the pros and cons of running out of the gun as opposed to having the quarterback under center? And why do you guys seem to really prefer the gun runs? Well, I, I think it could take on a different form each and every week, depending upon who you're playing. Sometimes some of these defenses don't anticipate you running as much out of the gun. And I think um, our guys, led by Steno, have done a nice job of coming up with some schemes that, that can take advantage of those situations. And certainly I think it, there are uh, benefits in terms of the RPO world or the you know run alert world where it's a little bit easier to see for the quarterback as well. Um, it marries a little bit better with some of the you know, maybe some of the passing formations. So, um, yeah, I think there's 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 pluses and minus to, to everything in this league. And, um, you know, we've ran probably a little bit more outside zone than we have in the past out of the gun. And one of the negatives typically is that your back is further behind the play. For, you know, it's further behind the combination blocks, which... Um, but we've done some same st side stuff this year that's kind of helped us out as well. So I think it's just, it, it could be a week-to-week -week thing in terms of how much are we in the gun versus how much we're under center. Whether it was tongue-in-cheek or not, you said at the beginning of the week that you might spend a little more time at the office this week with everything going on at, at home. How has the week gone for you, and were you successful in doing that? Well, I think t today's the day, right, when when a lot of distractions start to file in from out of town. So, um, yeah, we'll see what time I get out of here tonight. <laughs> Don't wait up for me. <laughs> That's good. All right, guys. Have a good There you go. That's Matt LaFleur. Interesting stuff. Um, when asked, and in, in, uh, I think it was Aaron Nagler that asked the question and listening to it, uh, about why so many runs out of the gun. You know, he talked about, well, it does match up well with certain things, and it sets up, you know, with some of the passing formations. When, But teams, when all you run is gun, the majority of time, it you're not showing another look. And what I don't understand is the second half of running out of the gun versus the first half of running out of the gun is a drastic difference. And the second half of ball games is when you've struggled. So, you know, for a guy that hates statistics, statistically, this is what's causing you problems, I believe, partially anyway, in the second half of ball games. You know, for, for uh, a, an NFL franchise, all NFL franchises now, they are just inundated with statistics and percentages and, and likelihood of success and such. You know, for, for losers. For, right? But yet you use them. You look at what's success and is unsuccessful. And you're 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 predominantly you're 91% out of the gun in the second half of ball games. 
you're only 72% in the first half. And you've had far more, 65 points so far scored in the first half of ballgames versus 27 in the second half of ballgames. I mean, that that's a glaring statistic. And that's points. That's actual tangible things that are on the scoreboard. So, great question by uh, by Aaron Nagler. Ask that. So, it's getting better. Really good stuff from a lot of the media members in Green Bay. But it's the truth. It is, it's, it's like we can all see it. And yet, you're kind of brushed aside to say, well, you're not as, as, smart, as smart as we are. Therefore, yeah, you probably don't know as much as we know. And I, I can't argue that. I, I would agree with that. But when we can all see an obvious issue, it's like because we see it, we have to be, they have to be, they have to tell us we're wrong in order to say, well, we can't allow the average fan and the average person like us to see this and notice this because then they're as good as us at our jobs. You know what I mean? I used to work for a, a general manager who I'd, I'd have these marketing ideas of things to do. And if you went to him and say, hey, I'd like to do this, he'd go, no, that'll never work. But if you went to him and gave him three options and the one of which you wanted to do, that was a really good idea – then he could say, "Oh, that's yeah, that's that's probably the one I would do." Let's let let me ex- let me think about that and expound upon that. When well, that's the one you wanted him to do all along, that was the best idea of the bunch. But if he could make it his idea, yeah, then it's acceptable. That's kind of like sometimes how I feel when you ask questions and we can all see it, and then they're like, "Well, you know, there's things that are successful in the NFL and things that aren't," and you know, in other words. Uh, you're not going to raise our taxes, but if you need to raise our taxes to get more money because you want to do certain things for the plans that you have, but you don't want to raise our taxes, but you're going to raise our taxes, correct? That's that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. Uh, I am indulging tonight. Told you tonight, uh, heading downtown, going to a Calderon Club, going to do some dinner, come back, uh, probably just take it easy in the bar tonight, and going to open a bottle of wine and call it a night. It's that kind of night. Got a lot of stuff going on tomorrow. Final football game of the season for uh, for the kids. Unless, of course, they win, and maybe they're on uh, deeper into the postseason, but uh, final football game tomorrow. So just going to kick back and take it easy. Birthday party tomorrow night. But uh, but just going to sit back and relax and enjoy uh, Forgotten Fire Winery. But not a bottle. I don't think I'm going to do the bottle of wine now that I think about it. I still have another big jug of the cider here. So I'm kind of craving that, too, now that fall has set in. But you can, too. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. ForgottenFireWinery.com. Ask for it by name in your local grocery stores, liquor stores, wine stores. Stop there in Peshtigo. And check out the winery itself. And don't forget, ask for it by name, the Bill Michael Special. And they'll give it to you. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. So you heard Matt LaFleur. First of all, Rashawn Gary got dinged up. Didn't give us the specifics, but that didn't sound good. So there's a level of concern there. 
right? Secondly, um, the answering of the question about the running out of the shotgun and the, all the offense working out of the shotgun, which is something I've been screaming about, uh, it, it's an, I understand it, but I'm not a fan. I mean, I get it philosophically what he's trying to say there are certain things that set up to be able to do that you know that run that delayed run i still don't like it i think that uh not allowing your running back to get a downhill you know sprint towards the uh towards the line of scrimmage uh is a detriment uh i understand about wanting to see having aaron Rodgers wanting to see over the line of scrimmage giving him better view i get it but Coming to the line of scrimmage, he's the matrix, man. Um, I, I, you're not going to convince me. Put it that way. That answer did not convince me. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the phone calls. Let's talk to Wayne. Wayne, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, hey, I'm good, Bill. How are you? I'm doing well, man. What you thinking? Hey, uh, well, I've been uh, been in Texas for the last uh, week visiting my uh, son and grandchildren, and uh, so. But today I'm home and just a great time for me to call in just wanted to address uh joel berry um and uh you know his track record speaks for itself but one of the things that's been on my mind all year is a very important part of this defense is not here this year and that's uh zadarius smith but not only zadarius smith but the outside linebacker coach for the last couple of years mike smith who was uh instrumental in making rashawn gary who he is now why mike smith left that's something that uh mike lafleur and joe barry may have to answer but uh he's in minnesota and uh believe me uh mike was uh you know licking his chops that first game of the year anyway oh, absolutely I'll, uh, just i'll just wait to hear hear from you but uh again mike smith is someone who's up and coming uh he's been in the league and he's been a mike petton protege for a long time but uh, look for him to be a DC someday. We miss him. Okay, no, appreciate it, man. Um, when you talk, about, first of all, let me talk about Zadarius Smith, and I want to go with that. Um, Zadarius didn't even play last year, so I think more so he was felt in the locker room. But with the locker room angst or animosity that he alluded to, I don't know how impactful he was, if at all, last year. But Mike Smith, I agree with you. He went over to the Vikings. He's the outside linebackers and the pass rush specialist coach there from Minnesota. He's very knowledgeable, good technique guy. Um, he, he's also, uh, he was instrumental in, uh, how do I put this? He was instrumental in uh, helping Rashawn Gary along the way. That I believe. Um, has done really good work with Preston Smith as well. But Zedaria Smith spoke really highly of him. Really highly of him. And go back to when Preston Smith talked about the uh, the offense or excuse me the defense and finally being allowed to just play and do his thing and Devondre Campbell kind of said the same thing but he was talking more about Joe Barry but Mike Smith was a guy that was saying hey look just get after it do your thing feel your feel your feel your natural ability take over watch your keys they they kind of allowed them to play and didn't fill their heads with a lot of stuff that you had to think about and I agree with you I think Mike Smith um, you know he might end up being a defense coordinator somewhere someday. I can't argue with that, and certainly you can look at the numbers this year for uh, Preston Smith. Now, 
Rashawn Gary's been solid. You can't you can't argue that fact. But Preston Smith, the numbers. But Preston Smith, if you look throughout his career, he'll have a good year, then a bad year. Or I should say bad. He'll have a down year. Really good year statistically, down year. Really good year. It's been throughout his entire career. Last year, good year. And I kind of said to myself, and I said it on the air, I, I pray that he doesn't have that that down year this year. Because you need him this year. You need this defense to be the backbone of this team, to carry this thing at least 7 to 10, 12 games into the season before the offense kind of starts to feel it, gets moving a little bit, and then starts to get into the postseason and see if they can't get on that roll with the defense already clicking. Good, Not, not great news, though, today re- regarding Rashawn Gary. Not great news, though, today regarding Rashawn Gary. I don't know if it's going to impact him heavily. Uh, I have not sat here today and looked uh, over on Twitter to see if he did or did not practice, which I, I think that he said he was not going to today. But we don't know the specifics as to what happened, but uh, did not look great. I won't believe it until I see his toe in a press conference. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I get it. Um, so anyway, that uh, that was kind of the news that came out of today's presser. But I thought some really good questions. I thought good questions for uh, Joe Barry uh, yesterday. I thought really good questions for uh, Matt LaFleur today. Um by the way, no Christian Watson today, no Galea today. Rashawn Gary has his helmet, so he's going to practice. Uh, Bakhtiari is going three-on-three three this week. Uh, some of the news and notes uh, from Bill Huber coming out of the practice facility over on Twitter. But uh, at least Rashawn Gary's got his helmet. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's a full go. Whatever happened, he could just be doing a few drills, a little work on the side. He even could have a helmet in there just walking around with it. And then once the media leaves, then he's off to the side and does his side work. We've seen that before, too, because that's all the gamesmanship, if you will, of coaches as they try to fool you into thinking what they may or may not do coming up for the game this weekend. So there you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Find us. Uh, glad to have you here. This portion of the program brought to you by good friends over there at Sloppy Joe's and Smoke on the Water. Joe and Ellen had us great people, uh, great place. They always have big packer watch parties, whether it's upstairs at Smoke on the Water, downstairs. Go out to a Sloppy Joe's on Sunday, Sunday mornings. They open up early. Really, really good breakfasts over there. Smokers at both place for the beef, the brisket, the ribs, all that kind of good stuff. And if I'm making your mouth water, I'm watering too. So either place is good on Okachi Lake. Stop out to smoke on the water over in Hubertus. And in that area, a good old-fashioned Wisconsin bar. Good old-fashioned Wisconsin bar slash restaurant. That is uh, Sloppy Joe's. Either one, absolutely fantastic. Stop in, tell them we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up for you right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held practice outdoors, getting ready for Sunday's game against the Jets. Kickoff here at Lambeau Field at noon. Aaron Rodgers looked fine in practice despite a thumb injury. Linebacker Rashawn Gary added to the list with a toe injury. Running back Kylan Hill is back at practice after suffering a torn ACL, returning a kickoff last year. Amari Rodgers has been up and down as a kick and punt returner. Defensive back Keyshawn Nixon may take over on kick returns. Special Teams coordinator Rick Basaccia says Nixon was a returner for him with the Raiders. Yeah, he's really fast. He's really physical. You know, he's just got something about him. He's got some dirt in the back of his neck. And, you know, he did return for us, and we'll see what happens. The Packers' secondary only has one interception so far, near last in takeaways. Defensive coordinator Joe Barry asked if he'd consider moving Rasul Douglas from the nickelback spot in the slot to cornerback. Love to be able to get to that. And as I've told you guys before, you know, we feel that we have multiple guys that can play the nickel. Job being one of them, Darnell being one of them. Jaw's availability just hasn't hasn't been there. So we've almost been forced to play Rasul inside. And New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson says he's idolized Aaron Rodgers since he was a kid. The 23-year-old was asked if he told Rodgers that during joint practices in Green Bay last year. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that to him, you know, but, you know, I've been watching him since I was, you know, a little kid, you know, I was trying to re- replicate the way he throws, the way he plays the game. So, you know, we didn't have an NFL team in Utah, and so I wouldn't say I was a Packers fan, but I was just an Aaron Rodgers fan. I, I just grew up watching him, and I always like to watch their games because of him and just kind of where he was at, and, you know, I like the way he plays the game, so, you know, I'd probably say, you know, since I can remember, you know, 13, 13 years old once I got into football. That's the Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Does it, Ben, does it seem like it's been a long week? I mean, I know you've got baseball coming up and such today, and you're excited, and you've got a couple of Phillies games, and then you got to the, the Philadelphia Eagles coming up with a big game against the Cowboys this weekend. But does it feel like this, this weekend's taken forever to get here? Yeah, especially my brain is Badger-centric. There's been a lot of right. off-field news there. I was in for Grant Bills on Monday on his show as well. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. Kind of never stops these days. Yeah. Um, and it's cold. It, and it gets dark early, so you don't feel right. like the days are real, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been, I don't know. It's just, maybe it's just, maybe you're right. It's just the weather change. I think it's, the, it's the daylight the change. It makes the day seem half as long. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Logan Brown. And getting, uh, you know, leaving, going into the transfer portal, and then obviously some issues at practice, and Brown striking a teammate, uh, you know. Um, and he's he was what? Was he a five-star recruit or four-star recruit? Five-star. Five-star, that's what I thought. But, uh, but yeah, and um, Jim Leonard made no, you know, didn't mince words. It wasn't like he was leaving. He was being asked to leave, right? Yes, he made that abundantly clear when speaking. Kind of unprompted. He made sure right. to get that out there. It w- the, 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 does it seem strange to you? Because, and I want, I want to preface this. 
usually fights happen at practice. You can get guys that'll shove each other and all that kind of stuff. This seems like it was something that went above and beyond, almost like a Draymond Green on pool type of fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I. Uh, it's something we'll never know until uh, it somehow somebody speaks. Yeah, right? until someone talks about it, because unless there's some sort of police report or something, which I doubt there would be, no. there's no way to get in there. Because uh, and they don't have to list a full injury report too. So if something got way out of hand, there are guys that never need to show up on the report. So I don't think we'll right. know. Um, this was Jim Leonard talking about uh, Logan Brown and not being with the team anymore. This week came about in a completely different circumstance and situation. And the reality of what happened is that there was an internal incident here within the program and Logan Brown was dismissed from the program. It was not a choice. He was dismissed from our program. And I mean, that's about as much of get the hell out as you can possibly get. I mean, I think Jim Leonard wants to make it clear that this was not where he was a Paul Chris guy or he just didn't want to be here anymore. Uh, this was, you did something. It, it's un- completely unacceptable. You're out. Talk to you later. Uh, like you said, we're never going to know. And Logan Brown did thank the Badgers in the program, but uh, now he goes back into the transfer portal and he's, he's going to, he's going to want out, but yeah, something's going on there. Now, uh, again, this is the, this is the other side of the coin. You go through another week where you got a little bit, just a, a, a little crack of adversity, and how do you handle it and how do you overcome it? Which makes, again, this game on Saturday in East Lansing pretty vital. You know, you get a win, you look crisp, you look sharp, you look well, you do a pretty good job at this, you maybe get a dominating type of type of win, and that just another reason to say I've, I've gained more faith in the Badger program, if they can pull this off this weekend, yeah, After it's a facing true adversity in back-to-back weeks. True, do or die. I mean, if they lose another game this season, they will not win the West. So no. every game is literally a must-win going forward. Luckily, the teams they're facing are by no means juggernauts. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. But Logan Brown now leaving, going to the uh, transfer portal, and uh, interesting stuff coming out of the Badgers program. But you know, hey, if it was something to wear. Jim Leonard said, uh, that's not acceptable. You, you got to go. Uh, I give him credit. Give him credit. Because I, I, I still think I look at the – now, granted, they're professional players. Don't get me wrong. But I look at the, you know, the Draymond Green situation, and he's coming back and saying, well, we're both professional. Well, okay, you, you're both professional athletes. You're both being paid. You have to suck it up. You have to collect your money, and you have to move forward. So, um, But this is different. This is different. So I give Jim Leonard all the credit. Uh, 877-867-1670. Next hour, we're going to have Mike Clemens. Mike's going to be here uh, in about 20 minutes, and uh, we'll pretty much carry it the rest of the way. Mike, you know how he brings it on Fridays. We'll go through the discussion of, obviously, Rashawn Gary, uh, one of the newest addees, if you will, to the uh, uh, additions to the injury report for the Green Bay Packers. So we'll have that. And also, um, you know, we'll talk about some of the questions that were you know sent to Joe Barry that were fired off at Matt LaFleur. I think it it's it's really, um, I think it's really, as as Rob Reichel said, I think it's really a week where Matt Lafleur heard it. It's been loud and clear, not only in the media. I think the fans. I think some of the players 
uh, are getting some of the frustration levels. Uh, you looked at just a co- again, just a couple of cracks. You know, Jair Alexander talking about pressure and talking about you know concerns. You know, Aaron Jones and yeah, we probably could have done that. We probably could have got the first down. We may might have been able to do this thing and win the game. Uh, and they didn't want to put it in our hands. Maybe just a little bit questioning play calling. I, I and I think when you start to hear guys say, you know, yeah, this you no, know, we can't can't continue to do this. Now you're questioning the coaching. It's not about the ability of the guys in the field. Now you're questioning the coaching. And coaching is there to put you in the best position to be successful. And if your coach is, as coach, is not doing that, as Rob Reichel said, looks like Joe Barry might have been called into the principal's office this week. Got another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show still right around the corner. We'll be back right after this.